Hi, everybody. This is Jenny G. Perry, and you're listening to Goddess and Gap. I want to welcome my guest, Shanti Zimmerman. She's actually one of my soul sisters, for reals, for reals, like for years now. Welcome, sweetheart. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm at the end of the day. You're in your afternoon, but I'm coming down to the end of the day, so it's good. Yes, and Shanti is like one of the most real people, like, if you don't like real, you won't like her. No, nope, you better so stop real. listening right now. <laughs> I know, exactly. Like, like, keep on moving. Keep on moving. Nothing to see here. No, Nothing. but I think that it's, um, you literally are one of the most refreshing people online. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that, actually, I've, I've never seen you ever get, like, controversy. I can't talk. Controversy. Um, controversy, except you did get a little hate this year and you did get banned from Facebook. <laughs> so you're yep. shaking shit up a bit, which yep. means actually that you're on to something when you start stirring stuff up, right? <clears throat> I think that I have had controversy, but it just, it's kind of maybe been in, like I've been trolled or had haters or like okay. any, anybody who's out there online. And I've been through like a whole like metamorphosis with it where before it was like, it was first, it was terrifying. And then it was just really painful, like emotionally. And then it was just like, um, you, you get to the point where like, I started to notice, you know, there'd be like a hundred really beautiful comments and interactions with people. And there'd be one jerk and my mind would blow the one jerk up to be like the whole universe. Right. And it was just one mm-hmm. person. So it, it, to my point right now is like, I, I don't ever try to be controversial, but I don't, I'm never not going to be me. And so if somebody doesn't want me to be me, then we probably shouldn't be friends or <laughs> like you shouldn't follow me on Facebook or be on anything that I'm doing and coming to the place where it's just like, not that I don't care about those people or that they're horrible, but there's just no resonance and it's okay to like, I just, it doesn't phase me anymore. Like it, it hurts me for like five seconds. I'm like, ah, I want everybody to love me. And then I'm okay. Which I actually appreciate your honesty there. Because in truth, when people say, you know, giving zero fucks, it, it's, that's the goal, but we're yeah. also human. Exactly. And, and like, you know, throughout the years, both you and I have, have been um, very honest and open and just like shared with a wide open heart. And I think that in itself is just threatening because mm-hmm. it's like, how dare you share from your heart? And also like, how dare you be so big and, and think that you're so important? And it's like, Heck yeah, I, I love this concept right now that like, if you think about it, when people say things like, oh, they do it for attention, everyone wants attention. Like, I don't know why that would ever be a bad thing. Like, yep. even yep. everything in the universe wants attention. Like, if we observe things on a, on a um, like, you know, subatomic particle level and all that shit, like scientifically, they know that when something is observed, it, it's different than when it's not. And mm-hmm. it just kind of like makes you think everything wants attention. Everything. Well, yeah. One of like one of the things that happened to me when I had somebody say that I was so vain. You know, I had to stop following because you're so vain. You just keep taking selfies and you only talk about yourself. And like I was like, okay, I had to go look up the word vain because I didn't. I mean, I understood, <laughs> I understood like what she was pointing at, but I didn't really understand what vain was. And so I had mm-hmm. looked up vain and I'm like well I guess I am that and what this woman (laughs) failed to understand is that seven eight years ago I couldn't look at a picture of myself without ripping myself apart and Mm -hmm. so 
when I'm like going about my business and I'm like, dang, I feel cute right now, or I'm really liking me or I'm vibing on myself. And I take a picture of myself. It's in celebration that I, I love myself that I don't ever look at exactly and rip myself apart. So yeah, I'll be that kind of vain. And, and And, it's okay. And, and that, that word narcissism. And it's like, really like people throw that shit around way too much. And that is, Taking selfies is not a narcissist. A narcissist is someone who has an inflated sense of self that is is bigger than other people. When it's like you're just freaking taking a selfie. Like, why does it have to be analog? Well, here's what's really cool. This is what this is another thing. I like I love to say, if somebody has to not like me, let it be somebody else. I, I, it doesn't need to be me. Like if so, so I, I like her opinion that I'm vain is just as valid as my opinion and experience that I'm not vain. And so what that just was telling me was that, Hey, we're not a match. We're not, I'm not going to stop posting selfies. So you might want to exit from my world because I'm not going to stop being. I did that a lot in my life. I stopped being me. I tried to be somebody else for everybody else. And that didn't work out well for me, at least not for my well being. Oh my God. That's where you and I have some of the parallels. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, like if I see, if I see you post a selfie or any of my friends that I love, I could not be happier. Me now, too. now yeah. me, my twenties, mm-hmm. I'd have been like, I, I don't like, I don't like her because she likes herself <laughs> because yeah. I didn't like myself. Like right. that's really what the truth would have been. So I would have felt threatened. I would have sure as hell not like me if I met mm-hmm. me. I'd be like that girl. I don't know. I can't figure her out. I think that she's too, like, she's too full of herself, which the whole full of yourself thing, like, mm-hmm. who the fuck are you supposed to be full of? <laughs> it's yeah. not yourself, right? Yeah. Like, you well, should I, be full of yourself. That's who you are. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I've had interesting, I've had people, like, uh, message me on Facebook and tell me I need better lighting and I need to wear makeup. And, and they, the, the majority of the feedback is don't be who you are. Don't do the things the way you do it. And I'm told to not wear makeup. So you have to wear the makeup. I am supposed to not wear the makeup. Exactly. And it's just so funny. I love it's like, why do why do you care? Exactly. (laughs) But that's the thing too, is it's um there was um what was it? Oh, I wanted to say something about like not being not being curious about like the person that you're working with. We're all like incredibly insatiably curious about each other. And we just when we're curious, sometimes we don't feel good about our level of curiosity and it turns into like judgment instead of just being mm. like, I'm really curious about you or yes. speaking from like a clear place, right? We're all like, why do you think like celebrity stuff is so, it's not for me. I'm not into it. I'm not in the States. So I have like a different relationship to that, but that's why that is so appealing is because we're just incredibly curious. That's a really good point. And I think that there's some, it's like when we're curious about other people, it's like there's an aspect of them that we find really interesting and we want to explore it. And it's like, we kind of want to explore it and try it out for ourselves by osmosis, like to see what theirs is like. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually this, one of the things that, well, two things I wanted to talk about is um, the difference in where you live versus here that's what I mean I think in America it's like you're from America but we're like obsessed with celebrity culture right. and I think that what's the downside to it is um first of all like when Rihanna and Katy Perry and all these people like and uh, Miley Cyrus and people like think that they should act a certain way so that way the people's children will be influenced it's like honestly like 
that's not anybody's responsibility. Right. You are meant to be like, cause that's like when Madonna was around me, my mom was like, don't listen to that. Like a virgin. I didn't even know what a virgin was. I just knew that I liked the song yeah, and yeah. I was feeling myself and I was listening to it. Right. Yeah. But then also your, um, your like journey. Cause I know, like, I know you better than, than, um, a lot of your followers do, you know, in like, I've seen your before pictures that they have not seen. And I know like, you know, your, your full story and everything. So seeing your beautiful nude pictures last year mm-hmm. were like, I, I, was it last year? I don't even it, know, a couple of months uh, ago. Yeah, it was about a year ago, roughly a year ago. Okay, little, okay. Yeah. Um, man, see, I was smarter than I thought I was. <laughs> but they <laughs> took my breath away. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, these are so beautiful. And we have such shame with the physical body and like that mothers are not supposed to be sexual. And I, to me, I love nudity. I don't like porn nudity. I think that's a lot of it's gross and forced and manipulated. And it's like, you know, men are, men are thinking like that's what they're signing out for with sex. And it's like, no, well, sorry, we're not going to well, give you a blowjob for half an hour. Yeah, no. Porn nudity <laughs> is sexualized nudity. Nudity is nudity. Like this is what I make yeah. a big thing. Like the, and my nude pictures too were very, um, they're artistic. They're not, I'm not posed in any kind of sexual way. I'm even jumping on a bed. Like it's yeah. not, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was really, the photographer is amazing, really amazing. It's called body talks and just really, really, really beautiful stuff. And it's me expressing myself. And I did get banned from Facebook for those. <laughs> I know. I, I know you got that's what I'm saying. Like you created some controversy in the past few months where it's like, you know, like, you know, you're on the scene when you're like getting banned and shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but they were so beautiful. And I, I, I think that there's, there's this really weird, weird dichotomy where we're obsessed with sexuality and yet there's so much shame associated with it, which is where I think like feeds, you know, sexual addictions and stuff like to the porn addictions and stuff. It's like, Desire is not okay. Being honest is not okay. I mean, how many women, you know, clients and men clients that you have that can't even tell their partner what they actually want right. in the bedroom or in life? Well, I'm not even, because because they don't they even take the bedroom because the bedroom is like another, because I always say sex is not intimacy. And like you can have a relationship where you're having plenty of sex, but there's no intimacy whatsoever. And so when when you can be intimate is when you can tell your partner, I need you to hold me. I need you to hug me. I need you to be there for me in this way, or I need more of you. And you can't even start taking that into the bedroom until you've established intimacy outside of the bedroom. Mm. Just being able to say, I want this. I desire this from you. I want more of you. I'm hungry for like, for you, for your soul, not just for your body. That's a given usually, but like for you, like I want to be connected to you in a way that I know that I'm connected to you at the deepest level. And that means that I'm able to share everything that I am with you, not just my body Mm. or my money or my house or the children, but everything that I am like my, my strength, you know, my fierceness, my, my wildness, but also my weak and pathetic parts, like everything. That's intimacy. And when you get to that level, the bedroom becomes something so easy. And I don't over-sexualize anything because to me, sex is like super beautiful and super innocent. Mm-hmm. And so natural. Yes. And it's not about desire for me. It's about what feels good to me. 
Mm-hmm. It's a much more sensual childlike approach. And ooh, don't put childlike with sex. But it's like, it's just. Listen, I play doctor with everybody who would let me play doctor. I really, <laughs> I was always, I was the instigator. Yeah. So if, I was always starting doctor with everybody. I will admit that. You know, or like as a kid, it was like, you don't have any parts, but man, rubbing a naked belly against a naked belly was a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just as For an sure. experience and then it's made wrong, right? Oh, don't do that. And there's a lot of shame around it. And I don't think that that's, I don't know what Europe's like. I've, I, I don't know what it's, I only know how I was raised and how my children um, are around it. And I just know that the, the lack of shame around sexuality is a really great thing. Well, having boys, like penises are like, they just think are the funniest thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of humor when it comes to nudity around here. Mm -hmm. And my kids see me naked all the time because I really, that's the way I was raised. My parents like were not, um, like didn't make a big deal about being naked. Everyone's seen my dad naked. That's in our family because (laughs) he's like sleeps naked. My husband caught him vacuuming naked the one time. He just doesn't care. Because yeah. he's like, if he's been in the army, and I love that. I love the fact that he's just like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. Um, and so to me, it's not a big deal. My kids, my kids don't see my husband naked because that's like, that's you know his choice on the way he wants to be, and right. I'm not going to tell him what he should or shouldn't do. Um, but oh, and speaking of kids, you also were very controversial. I think it was like last week mm-hmm. um, about disciplining your kids and the way you did it and tell me about that because if you're if you're willing to talk about that yeah well as shared on Facebook but let's be really clear I didn't discipline my kids I smacked my kids and I want to be really clear about like that I'm really honest and transparent so it's been a really long time I spent many years being tormented by like emotional crap I was clinically depressed I was having to like leave my family for two weeks at a time because I was not fit Um, I went through a lot of stuff like that. So when this happened last week, it hadn't happened in a long time because I've done a lot of work and it was like, it was weird kind of deja vu. I'm talking like five years. And so I I literally had like a glitch. And so what happens is um, my kids were fighting and I was not taking care of myself the way I know to take care of myself to prevent being super duper triggered. And um, I went upstairs and they were like smacking each other. And I literally lost my shit. And in that moment, it, I thought it was the same thing to do to smack both their wrists to stop them from hitting each other. But it wasn't just that I like smacked their wrists. I was screaming lunatic at the same time. And as soon as that happened, it's like I popped back into my body and I was like, whoa, what the hell? What's going on? And realizing that that's not who I, that was, it was, it was such a reaction. It wasn't a response to the situation. It was a reaction. It was a trigger. My trigger is mine. I own that, but I don't do the whole blame, shame and guilt. Was I wrong or was I right? The only thing that tells me that I was wrong in that thing was the way I felt, which was like crap. Like, this is not who I am. This is not the mother that I am. And I um, was really stern and had said some things to my kids. Like, um, I don't remember exactly, but I mean, I just know their, what their faces look like. And I was like, crap. And I sat down and I went through my, my whole emotional experience in that moment of like coming back into my body, realizing, whoa, that was an intense trigger. It's literally an out-of-body experience for me. And being able to be like, okay, now I have cleanup to do but not because I'm bad or wrong, but because I did something that hurt both me and my children. 
And that's my responsibility to clean that up, not because I'm guilty, but because I recognized that what I did was a painful thing to do. And I don't discipline, I don't use that word in, in our house. And it was really, I went through the whole process. I sat with my kids. They didn't trust me. Who the fuck trusts somebody who hits them, right? Mm -hmm. And they were like looking at me like, you're crazy. I went from like one trigger to like sitting down and being like, whoa, I, that was, wow. That was mine. This, none of this was your fault. Because I think when I was screaming at them, it was, it's your fault. You need to stop this. You're frustrating me. That kind of thing. And I just said, none of this was your fault. I own all of this. And my, my 11 year old was like, well, it doesn't feel like it's not my fault. And I said, I understand. I know that. And I'm going to sit here with you and you can tell me everything you need to say. Do you, you know, and I just worked up to being with her and worked up to being with my, my son. It was my, my seven and my 11 year old. And my old, my, my little, the youngest was like, you know, mom, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. And that's like a, a, a huge gift, but it was like, there was, I, I had the potential to go into guilt and what guilt would have done was, was perpetuate the violence, perpetuate the pattern. Right. I would have yelled more. I, I've never like, I pulled my kid's hair and I've smacked them on the wrist or things like this, but I've never like punched them in the face or something like this. Not that any one is better than the other, but like, I'm pretty sure with myself that I wouldn't go to that level, but I know how violence escalates and violence escalates when there's blame, shame, and guilt. And so I just don't do that. And part of me keeping myself accountable is to share openly all of my life. If I'm on Facebook and I'm sharing the good and I'm sharing my stuff, I'm going to share everything. I'm not going to hide behind some like false thing that I'm like this perfect person all the time. And my mm. work is with emotions. If I don't share what's happening with me emotionally and how I get triggered and how I walk myself out of it, then I have no business doing what I do. And the, and the next one point. Yeah. And my son, my six-year-old came home and he's like, whoa, what's going on? He could feel the energy of it. And I told him what happened. And I'm like, man, this just, this is not who I am. And it's really painful. And he said, you know, mom, what's really amazing about you is you see it and you do something about it. And so mm. because of both my sons, what they said, I said, okay, I, I have to share this because there, this needs to be known that like it's, what I did was not right. It also wasn't wrong in like this, you know, societal way of now I need to be, my kids need to be taken away from me, you know, because I smacked them on the wrist and I lost my shit for five minutes. There was a time in my life that people, I'm really, really thankful too. When I was in that deep, dark place and in depression, I was yelling all day long and all of that. And the support system that I had did not make me wrong or bad. It said, how can we support you? How can we help you? And I think that that's lacking in a lot of families, a lot of relationships, a lot of structures. Uh, one of my clients went to child protective services in the Netherlands and asked and said, I need help. I'm a single mom. I need support. And the way that they supported her was by taking her kids away. Mm. Like there's a lot of work to expose a lot of things that we're not supposed to talk about. And so that's a lot of what I'm doing. It's not to be controversial. It's to talk about who we are as human beings. What happens when we fuck up? How do we walk out of that? How do we make it right emotionally with each other? not what's right or wrong. Which I think that honestly, you know, in the coaching industry, there are mentors that I've had or people that I've followed that 
almost make it seem like you elevate to this space and then you're superhuman and you've transcended your ego and you will never have a problem again. And I want to laugh because if they don't teenagers, yeah, I want to be like, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck. Good luck mm-hmm. not being triggered. And good luck not feeling any type of way. Like, I'm a feeler. I am an emotional ball of emotion. Mm-hmm. And I have to process what I'm feeling. And, you know, I was just triggered by one of my kids doing something. And I'm always conscious, too, of that. Like, I would share more, but sometimes I don't share because it's not my thing to share. Right. So if I share about the experience, then one of my kids will be upset with me. Right. Um, and I've and I've tried to navigate that with my two oldest ones. But one of my kids did something that really, really hurt my feelings. And I went into like this, like I sobbed the whole way home from my parents' house. And I was like, you know, kind of like F you to the world type thing. And I texted my mom, I texted my sister, I texted, or I told my husband. And my husband was just like, you need to stop going to the past and kind of like gave me like, you know, gave me truth. Mm-hmm. And I was in this victim space of, the person was wrong and I was right. Mm-hmm. And I played victim for a little while and then I came out of it and I was just like, okay, so if I, if I don't like the way they're being, and I think they should be doing something differently, mm-hmm. I know they are shooting on me at the same time in their mind. Mm-hmm. So I need to walk my talk by accepting them as is, even if they're treating me a way I don't want to be treated. Right. Um, because it's not even that it's right or wrong. Like that's the whole label stuff Exactly. is, you know, when we love people, we have to like allow them to, to love and be loved the way they want to, not the way we want to. And that's like an old school way where it was like, you kind of like had to kiss and hug everybody back right. in the day and you had yeah. to love people. Everything was like guilt, shame, worry, all that crap. Well, we're guilt, in a different guilt, generation. Guilt, blame, shame. Um, and right or wrong will destroy any relationship like in a heartbeat it will destroy it here's the thing what happened with my kids it happened i can't take it back so i can Mm -hmm. either like wallow in it which will perpetuate me being triggered again in the future because i'm guilty Mm -hmm. or i can look at it and and be willing to okay that happened what do i do now to ensure to the best of my ability, it doesn't happen again for another five years or ever, right? Instead of, not, like, not that I need to fix it, but what do I do now? How do I make a space for myself to feel supported? It's like what you did. You went to your mom, you went to your sister, you talked to your husband. Where can I go to get supported so that I can then in turn support the relationship that's kind of on rocky ground? Mm-hmm. What's interesting though is I made them all wrong. Like I was just like, yep. Well, I that's what we wrong do I, scared. Yeah. I wanted to be victim. Yeah. But then yeah. after that, I was just like, I need to stop talking about this. And like, and like, like me, I was angry and was like a screaming lunatic in my twenties. Cause I had not found writing. I had not yeah, found me too. my truth. I wasn't even, I wasn't even in the right kind of spiritual frame of mind where I was still trying to be in the Catholic church and like, wasn't following my internal truth. Right. Um, but what I think that what you're teaching your children and you're like way better at this than I am in the way of like fully embodying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my freakouts more than you do, but there's no what happens after. I know, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what happens it, after. That's right. It's what, well, and, and honestly, like 
I, in the past, I would yell, then I would feel guilty, then I would be like, then I try to overcompensate, and then right. you allow oh, children God. to then manipulate you because now yeah. you are shaming yourself, but you're letting them then shame you as well. Like, it's a fucked yeah. up whole thing. It so is. instead, now I'm like, it's resilient. I've literally said to my seven, 10 year old, because sometimes at bedtime, they're just, they act like idiots. Mm-hmm. And they like to sleep in my bed because I, I don't, I do like, I am such a hippie in certain ways, like mm-hmm. a bedazzled hippie, and they'll fall asleep in my bed. I don't really care. They're going to eventually not live with me at some point. Right. And um, I, uh, we are just a snuggle bunch. Like, they love to snuggle with me. They'll hop in bed with me. That's just what it is. So, and they, they love snuggle time, but my seven-year-old sometimes can be so wound up where I have to be like, all right, knock it off, like, and, and be stern with him. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, if I act like an asshole, I will say, I'm really sorry I acted like an asshole, but I Me don't too. have guilt about it because I move on, I forgive myself, and I talk to them in like a we, like, how can we make this better? Like, why don't we, you know, like where I take ownership, but I want them to take ownership where it's like, let's all try to do better instead yeah. of. Like, well, you deserved it because of this or that. Like, and honestly, like that mom who is showing them resiliency, like, okay, you made a mistake. Not a big deal. Like, so if I was perfect, if I was doing all the right things, like I watched kind of my mom was that type of like very type A, she still balances her checkbook on like her day off versus a messy, wild, crazy person like I am. You know, I didn't even know what to do if you make a mistake because I have the standard for her that I was never going to reach. So that's another reason why I flailed around in my 20s because it was like, well, I'm just not even going to try then because I can't be like that. Right. And, and we're, no, we're not meant to be like anybody. I don't want my kids to try to be like me or my husband. I want them to be uniquely them. Yeah. And my most important thing for me with my kids is constantly reminding them that I'm human too. You know, that, oh that God, I have yeah. flaws and I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what's right for myself most of the time, let alone what's right for them. So my biggest, mm-hmm. thing, I don't teach, I point them back to their own intuition and then I tell them, I trust you. What do you think? What are you feeling about this? And then and whatever they choose, I have their back. What's so beautiful about that is that like, as my oldest, my oldest daughter is doing online college. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she is a nanny and she teaches dance class. Now, when she was in high school, I remember one of her friends, I asked her what she was going to do about college. And she's like, well, I want to major in this, but my mom wants me to major in that. And I'm like, what? why would you ever tell your kid what to major in, what school to go to, we, besides the logistics of getting them there, like if you don't want them to be clean right away or whatever, but, or like money-wise, but why would you ever think that you know what's best for somebody to do career-wise, when, even if they're like a great mathematician and you think that they should be a mathematician? If their joy is sailing, then I want my kids to fucking live whatever they want to live. That's going to light them up. Exactly. I I want for my kids the same thing I want for my clients, right? The same, I want for them to fully trust themselves to make the choices that are going to allow them to thrive in their lives. Mm, Yes. And completely. And know that no matter what, if they go out there and they fly and they fall on their face, I'm going to be there be like, ha! I fall on my face all the time. I got your back. Get up. Let's go. Like that. I understand what I, and I understand the bravery it takes to listen to yourself and that they're not alone. Mm. Alone. They do not have on the world alone. No. And and that's a fear that I think so many people have is 
the fear of success or the fear of failure, right? The fear of success is that they might not have what it takes to do that or they don't, or overwhelm or, you know, not feeling good enough inside type of thing. But then that feel of failure, like, oh, what am I, like, what if that doesn't work out? I know that as a writer and, you know, writing books and different things like that, like, you're going to try different things. And if you think the first thing you try is going to be like the thing that is your best thing ever, look at any story of an entrepreneur anywhere and you will find that that's not the case. You have to be I, I, one of those I, I, people I, that's daring. Exactly. Well, you, <laughs> I think the thing is what I find with the entrepreneurial world, word and world and being a coach is like, I have to be willing to fail more than others are, are willing to fail. And mm -hmm. I have to be willing to risk not selling something or risk not filling a course or risk whatever, because especially because I don't do this the way I've been told in the industry to do it. I sell according to my own intuition and what I feel like. I don't do the whole sales funnel that, that I've been taught or have seen or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, you uh, and I both, we're always yeah. like the rule breakers. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even like for me, there are no rules. Yeah. And that's the thing I have to always remind myself is there are no rules. I get to do this the way I do it and the way I do They're it. Just someone else's rules. Right. Right. Or they or you know, somebody else. And this is what I've seen so many times is somebody else, um, is successful in, in business or in coaching and they reverse engineer it into like a five-step program and then they take other people through it and about 30 percent, 20 to 30% and that's a high number of people are able to replicate it and that's considered success. But the truth is almost every entrepreneur out there that's really successful has always done it their way. Mm -hmm. it, that's they, an excellent point. They created new models. And so, and it's hard to remember that when you're in a sea of people doing the same stuff, but saying that it's more successful, at least for me, I'm talking only for myself. I don't know what it's like. For no, but it's, it's, but it's so true because like, you know, I've been told, I've been told I was so wrong so many times. Mm -hmm. I've been told I obviously should not wear makeup, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I share too much. Don't share enough. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm doing this when I should do that. And it's, I can't even tell you how, like I share too much. I don't share enough. It's, it's just insane. And should, that well, will reverse engineering you type should, of thing. You should have a bigger list. You should do webinars. You should mm -hmm. do the next thing and this thing and that thing. And, and all of these things you're being bombarded. I, I always, and this is probably going to put me in some hot water, but I see the main coaching industry. And I think you and I are outside of it simply because we have so many children. <laughs> I right? army. Like, yeah, it's is it's incestual. It's like cannibalism. Mm -hmm. And so if it's coaches selling to coaches, selling to coaches, selling to coaches. And yeah, I've wanted so, to leave it at times because it can yeah. be well, crazy. Can be, and yeah. you know, we're and trailblazers, so, though. That's the difference, yeah. though. If you're a trailblazer, you're not. I like that to story. I'm like, I'm just not willing to do that. Like, I have been doing this a long time, and I do have the skills to, like, you know, do pain point marketing. To I just did a post about this today. To um, you know, get people NLP scripts that get people to like hand over their credit card without even thinking. It's like it, it's kind of like a push, push, pull, um, and. Or to get them to like, you know, take out their retirement fund or ask, go into debt. I cannot, I can't, I can't yeah. even. That I have those skills, skills, those scripts, but I just, I refuse to do it. And I, I'm coming away. I stepped into an integral place within myself that said, 
no client that works with me will go into debt to do so. And that's a crazy place to stand in the world. It's like, I don't want anybody working with me cannot be a financial stretch for anyone because I don't want the emotional collateral that that creates in a relationship. Oh, hello. I, I, seriously, I don't want the responsibility. Like that's way too heavy for me. Like new. Well, not just and that. it doesn't like, feel if, good. Yeah. It if feels I like have a shame place you have to. Yeah, really exactly. Good. And if I'm doing the deep work of what I, what I do, my work. I don't want on top of that, the need, like I don't do, I don't teach people how to do business. So I'm never like, I don't, my results are not uh, money based. So it's not like you work with me, you don't make $50,000. That's not my, my niche or the thing that I do. Mine is deep, deep emotional transformation. So that is what I, that's the result. So I never have to like, so people coming to work with me are not coming to like get a return on investment in a financial sense, which makes it in my view, much easier to have them come into working with me, not in debt because they're not exactly. coming to work with me because they're trying to like increase their, their capital or their, their financial standing. And that's really important to me. I don't want anybody to ever be in that space where they're having to reach to work with me. Well, yeah, I, I, I can totally feel you on that. Um, and so tell, tell everybody what your offer is right now. You told me a little bit yesterday. Ha! Well, it changes every day because that's just what I do. Oh, I'm just if back. they want to work yeah. with you, I yeah, want yeah. them to. Okay, so yeah. if they, I have right now personal one-to-one -one spots open. I always I have eight of those per year. Well, six to eight, depending on, on how it works out. And I'm also um, doing a four-month online. It's called The Inner Circle. It's for women who are craving support for their next, whatever they're becoming, the next level of becoming. At the end of the four-week um, inner circle is a seven-day retreat here in Switzerland with me at a really beautiful place with all kinds of amazingness. And that's only for eight or nine women max. And that's the only offers I got on the table right now. And I have a okay. free, um, I do free workshops every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Swiss time on my Facebook page. That's free every week. Yeah, if you guys are not following her and you really want to create change in your life and just kind of um, maybe even find out who you are, you just all need to follow her. Like, it, seriously, you need her in your life. Um, you'll never be the same. And I am blessed to call you a soul sister. I'm so glad to have you in my corner in life. Um, you've been there so many times for me. And we just have this, oh God, we've had like such a funny journey together. Like when I if I were to look at our messaging over the past few years, like we've been all over the place, right? It was like yep. different like business things that we were doing and everything. We've always just been so supportive of each other. And I think that that's because we don't operate in that competition model. Like right. I can say people work with her, you yep. know, like work with her. You have my, you know, what is it? You have my endorsement. <laughs> like you are Jenny endorsed. <laughs> I just saw you right? stamping my head, like a stamp of approval. Yes. I did. It was, it was like, it was a red lipstick kiss on your forehead. <laughs> See, look, exactly. Seriously, I know. Like, no, but I say that in all truth because I think that you're such a beautiful human. And um, so start following her if you're not on Facebook. And you got to find out as much as you can about this lady because she's just, she's a gem. I'm so glad you're in my world. Thank you so much for being on here today and Thank taking the time. Two, two days in a row talk to me because yesterday we had technical glitches and we couldn't <laughs> no we couldn't um 
we couldn't do it. But thank you so much. I love you, sweetheart. Thank you. I love you too very much. Thank you. And everybody who is listening, go. And so what's your website? It's, is it beingshanti.com? Yep. That's the website, which is who knows what, but the best place to catch me is on Facebook. Shanti's in the just my regular old page. Okay. Awesome. I will share your links and everything on Facebook. Okay. If you want to send me whatever you want me to, to put on there, I will. Okay. okay. Thank you everyone. This is Jenny G. Perry and you are listening to Goddess and Gab. We'll see you next time.